trust me that no matter what happens today, we'll still have each other, right? You're listening to the Some Other Useless Podcast with Richard Wigand. Hello, everybody. Yes, welcome to the Some Other Useless Podcast. I am Richard Wigand. And I'm feeling a little groggy today, but I'm still going to get through it. we got these Christmas shows to finish up before I take a two-week break. Um, the scene that I included at the opening of this is from a movie called Four Christmases, which I'll later talk about, because today is about classic rewatchables and last week we did two series where i went into great detail of my favorite christmas tv specials uh christmas tv episodes from shows like news radio which probably isn't on anybody's list out there just shoot me spin city uh andy griffith show andy griffith show might be on people's lists but i, I just want to include some Christmas shows, because there's, there's so many Christmas shows out there, and it was just reported the other day that there's like 200 new Christmas movies this year, um, and that's a lot, you know, there's always a company out there cranking these things out, Christmas is like probably the most made holiday movie category, uh, turning into almost its own genre of films, with the Hallmark movies and everything. But also last week, we, I went over my favorite animated TV specials, uh, which was basically the Rankin-Bass shows. There are a lot of animated specials, but a lot of them are Rankin-Bass, so I just decided to rank the Basses. Um, and then, coming soon later this week, I will be doing my top Christmas movies. Now, as I've been going, putting together these lists, and I put them together really fast, I haven't really been 100% certain with all my lists that I've done. I'm not really 100% satisfied with everything that I've said about each thing. Because even my later Christmas movies that I have later in the week, I feel like I'm missing some. Or I feel like I have some on my list today that should be on that list. It's really hard. It's based off how many times we've seen it, basically. Or how much the movie means to me and my family. So today is... Classic rewatchables. And it's the Christmas movies that are different than my favorite Christmas movies. Um, <coughs> like I said, I'd like to include some in the top. But the ones I have in my top, I don't know where else to put them. And even today, I'm supposed to be doing my top five, and I have six. So it was hard to think, because I just think of everything that we watch every year. And like I said, this list doesn't rank... Them. Like, like last week was, or 
Uh, last week was Breaking the Basses. Yes, that is kind of my opinion of how I do like those shows. But the other lists, not really. Uh, especially the one today. It's just a, it's just a list. It's just a fun list. And I think it includes movies that not everybody sees. So here we go. Starting off with a movie that I'd like to include in my top list. I still could. Um, but it's Fred Claus. And there's, you know, one little thing attached to it that people like might pick at. The fact that Kevin Spacey is in it. But Kevin Spacey plays a bad guy in it. So the movie is designed for you not to like Kevin Spacey anyways in it. But then he kind of gets redeemed at the end. You kind of feel sorry for him. Spoiler alert. But I do want to include this as something that is one of my favorites. Like these rewatchables and the top Christmas movies are basically my favorites of all. So Fred Claus is a favorite. Um, mainly because, and, and we'll get into it next week with my last show to finish everything off, the top Santa Clauses. And one of the top Santa Claus I, I can go ahead and say is in Fred Claus, Paul Giamatti. I do think that he makes a really great Santa Claus. But the whole idea of Fred Claus is an original story. All Christmas movies have a theme. And a lot of times, if there is darkness, uh, dark elements to them, um, villains, bad guys that want to really sabotage Christmas or hurt the other characters in a major way. Fred Claus is about Fred, uh, Santa Claus's brother. And it just tells the story of how he grew up and people loved his brother more than him. And it, so it has its moments, it has different kinds of themes, and they go into different kinds of funny bits. And Vince Vaughn as Fred Claus um, is just, it's the best. It, it is really great. And John Michael Higgins, uh, Elizabeth Banks, Miranda Richardson, Ludacris. So many, so many great people in this. So it is fun to watch every year, Fred Claus. Um, music, there are certain songs in it that we hear on the radio. We immediately think of Fred Claus. Uh, the effects in it are pretty, uh, pretty cool looking, considering they had to put, make John Michael Higgins smaller and Ludacris smaller. So there are parts to it that you know are funny bits and Vince Vaughn when he goes into his rants. Um, it is it's a fun holiday movie. Then when you have the Kevin Spacey thing attached to it, when we first started watching this. Um, you know, like I said, you're not supposed to like him anyways. But there are parts to Kevin Spacey in it that, um, you know, it's weird because it's it's done by Warner Brothers in the background of one of the shots. They're at a toy store. And Superman return stuff, like toys, are in the background. It's Brandon Ralph as Superman. And of course, Kevin Spacey was Lex Luthor in that. So it kind of takes you out, you know, it's like, oh, that's product placement. But then all of a sudden, um, Kevin Spacey is, um, he's always wanted to be Superman. It's, it's just this odd kind of, it's weird. I, I don't know the filming of things or, or how they thought. By the time he is Lex Luthor, you know, making him Superman will be like this really, really great big deal. I don't know if Fred Claus gets played a lot in other places. But like I said, it is a fun one to watch. I would still highly recommend it because it does have funny moments uh, courtesy of Vince Vaughn and Paul Giamatti has great moments in it. Uh, cameo 
a little uh, small appearance by Jeffrey Dean Morgan from Walking Dead. So it, it's a really great movie. It's it's fun, and it is you know as soon as we saw it, we instantly knew we, we wanted to see it every year, and it's been our tradition. I've always seen Fred Claus every year. The next one up is Christmas with the Cranks. Now here is an interesting movie because it's based off a book by John Grisham called Skipping Christmas. And I've had this kind of discussion in my head that they changed the title, obviously, for the movie because these days, uh, I think uh, this came out like 2006 or seven or something like that. Um, if this movie came out now, they definitely wouldn't be able to call it Skipping Christmas because so many people would think it's like anti-religion, even though it doesn't have any elements to it. That's what's strange about these Christmas movies. In either direction they go, they either want to be against Christmas, like they hate Christmas, which is you know, strange because it's, this is all based off Jesus' birthday. So everybody hates Jesus' birthday, but it, it's this culmination of, no, we, we hate the idea of Christmas, Christmas means something to different people. Um, there's different things here and there that point out that, you know, one show will say, we need the magic of Christmas to get through these things. Other shows think that, okay, okay. there's like one show, Boston Legal, mentions that, you know, anything that's, this is what William Shatner says, anything that is uh, wrong in the world, Christmas makes it go away. Then you have on the OC, in one of their Christmas episodes, they say that Christmas makes bad things worse. So you have these characters that live in these worlds, and they have these different takes of Christmas, and they're not against religion. None of these movies or TV shows come out and say that they're against religion. So skipping Christmas, a.k.a. Christmas with the Cranks, when it went out, and I don't think it did very well at the theaters, but it's still our uh, Christmas tradition of watching because of Tim Allen. We watched Christmas with the Cranks because it has these great moments. We also, you know, we, we mainly watch Christmas with the Cranks every year. It became one of our traditions because of Tim Allen. We watch a lot of Tim Allen stuff. All the Santa Clauses at one time. Now we go back and forth with what Santa Clauses we watch. But Christmas with the Cranks also has like Dan Aykroyd, Jake Busey, Cheech Marin, Jimmy Lee Curtis, Tom Poston. It's got a lot of, you know, a great cast of characters that make some really great memorable moments. It also has Felicity Hoffman. Anyways, so you have movies like Christmas with the Cranks, and, and they're fun to watch every year because it gets you in a certain mood. It, there's, there's certain things in it that always make you think of it. The honey ham. Um, you know, there's, there's a really lot of great moments in it. I didn't think of a lot of Tim Allen stuff that he does with the Botox stuff. Um, so it, it's funny. I don't know why it didn't do well. I, th I just think it got poorly um, advertised. You know, not every once in a while people want to get into these different kinds of Christmas movies. Maybe they didn't like that it was called Cranks. I mean, I don't know. Skipping Christmas probably wouldn't have sold it any better. But like I said, this story relies on them skipping Christmas. But it's mainly because they overdo it on Christmas. So it's not like they hate Christmas. They love Christmas. They just do it too much. They just want to, you know, kind of like the year that Santa Claus. He wants to take a holiday. They want to take a break. 
for this Christmas. So they decide not to do anything, but it becomes this, like, this boycott of charities. And it's kind of, you know, in a weird way, kind of dark and controversial. But it's easily overlooked because they play too much of the comedy. And like I said, it's not anti-religion. So who's to say that people thought that it was, and that's why it didn't do so well. But Christmas with the Cranks is a fun one. I know some people that watch it every year. They get into the mood. They love Jamie Lee Curtis, and they watch it every year. Different people, different people have different reasons why they have traditions. You watch it for Tim Allen. People watch it for all kinds of reasons. And, you know, like I said, uh, the cast that's involved is kind of like a, you know, a lot of different personalities on that set. And we had the opportunity to meet Jake Busey. And he kind of had the feeling that he wanted to do more funny things with Cheech Marin. And it didn't, you know, none of it got in the movie because they didn't want to upstage. They didn't want to have anybody upstage Tim Allen. So when you find out stuff like that, it's like, they're still taking out of the movie, but you kind of understand their their standpoint. You know, Christmas with the Cranks meant something to us. It's going to be you know, different to the people actually involved. You got Dan Aykroyd that, sorry to say, somewhat egotistical, I guess. I bet he could be hard to work with and hard to deal with. But, you know, we tried to, you know, let Jake Busey know that we still loved it no matter what, you know, his stuff and what he did in it. So Christmas with the Cranks is, is a really great one to watch every year. Like I said, it has a lot of really great moments that get you in the mood. Uh, and it's just, you know, the way that it ends, a lot of movies like to end like that, that makes you kind of go, oh, wow, that is like the magic of Christmas and it brought things together full circle. So it's just a fun one to watch. Next up is Jingle All the Way. We love this movie. We absolutely love this movie. Um, <laughs> and, it, you know, of course, the reason why we watch so many of these movies is for different reasons. And it's just fun that a lot of the actors that we watch, we watch more than once because they're part of these Christmas shows. So we watch Phil Hartman on the news radios, and then we get to see Phil Hartman in Jingle All the Way, working alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then we watch, this isn't included on any of my lists, we watched Mixed Nuts with Rita Wilson. And Rita Wilson is a, you know, a big part in Jingle All the Way. It was Sinbad, and it has just, you know, we watch these movies every year because it's so part of our tradition. We, you know, we have to sit down and watch these things and enjoy them. And I remember Jingle All the Way came out. Turbo Man was. I remember seeing the figure in stores. I think I saw it from a distance. Never picked it up. And the thing is going for like $300 or more on the internet. They actually did make a Turbo Man. And there's a feature on the DVD that we watched last year in which they actually talked to the guy who plays Turbo Man in the movie. But they make him. In character, so the whole featurette takes place in the world of the guy that plays Turbo Man. So that's fun. So you, you got to think about the, the the layer of the details. It's a guy playing a character on a TV show that they turn around and make a toy of, and then this toy, you know, you just see it right at the beginning. You you, you see this toy, and then that's what the kid wants. And I just think that that you know all the way has a really great message. At the end, so many memorable moments with Phil Hartman. It's just, it's a, it's just really great movie to watch, and that's why I wanted to include it on my list because these movies mean so much to us. And Jingle All the Way is funny, you know. Sinbad has really great lines in it, 
you know, if you haven't seen the movie, I guess you were just, you, know, you, you miss him, you know, you, you wonder where these people go after all these years, um, I don't know if he still gets stuff or not, and, um, but just jingle all the way just puts you in a really great mood, and you got Curtis Armstrong, you got a whole bunch of people that put together this, there's a lot of creativity into the movie, after you watch the featurettes and stuff of how they make the jetpack, that jetpack is pretty practical. A lot of that stuff is not CGI. You know, some stuff flying around in the air against a green screen or something can be. But a lot of times they actually, you know, they, they that suit that they put on Arnold Schwarzenegger is a hot suit. And he, like, melted into it. And he actually had these things. Everything you see on him pretty much worked. The jetpack thing, I think, actually worked. I don't think, you know, obviously you can't make him fly up, but it did, you know, um, create this tension that he had to control a little bit. So it's just an interesting movie to watch. We watch it every year, we love it every year. Um, and yeah, so watch Jingle All the Way if you haven't seen it. Great cameos from people, Chris Parnell, uh, make really great appearances. Wish I could have a turtle man, but you know, they're out there somewhere. Uh, but yeah, it's just a really great in, in Belushi, James Belushi. Um, like really, really great moments in these movies. So jingle all the way. Next up, we have Surviving Christmas. And I don't think a whole lot of people will know what this is, or if you have heard of it, whether you've seen it or not. I, I want to say, I forget what network it was years ago that would play Christmas movies every day, and I think they did play Surviving Christmas. Obviously, over the years, Surviving Christmas has meant more and more to us uh, since the passing of James Gandolfini. That was hard to believe at the time, and now James Gandolfini is a part of our Christmas traditions every year. But Surviving Christmas also has Catherine O'Hara, and she's a huge part of our Christmas traditions. With Home Alone 2, which didn't make any of my lists. And then her other movie did make my list. Uh, and we'll get to that on another day. So Catherine O'Hara is someone that's been part of our Christmas traditions every year. But this the, the movie has so many different tones to it. Like I could see why it wouldn't be like your standard movie to watch as a family all the time. Uh, it has off-color humor that people may not, uh, you know immediately throw themselves into it's and it starts off with this odd concept that he you know he's this rich guy he has everything he has everything he, he doesn't want to celebrate christmas alone everybody around him even though they're all rich too they have families and he doesn't have a family so he decides to buy into this family which is you know if you need captain O'Hara. and you know, again, the, these a lot of these Christmas movies that we pick out are original. You know, they have original stories. All these other movies that are part of everybody's classic movies that they watch every year, there's parts of elements that they kind of copy from each other. But movies like Surviving Christmas and Fed Claus have these original ideas, like the idea that Santa Claus has a brother. That hasn't been done before. And then this guy buying into this family, that creates a situation. It almost like it could be like a situation comedy. And it just skyrockets into this thing with, with Christina Applegate. And it, it just, it's fun to watch. And we watch it every year. We enjoy it more and more. 
every year. I remember when it came out, it came out in October, I want to say, to go to theaters. And within, because it did not do well at the box office at all, within like two months, it was already on DVD. And then probably by the next year or two, we, my sister had the DVD, and we've been watching it ever since. It's just a fun Christmas movie. It's fun to watch because of James Gandolfini, because it's, it's a different movie for James Gandolfini. Uh, he doesn't do a lot of comedies. He was in Get Shorty, but, you know, he his part wasn't that big to, you know, really stand out. But this is a fun movie to watch, James Gandolfini. And, as odd as it may be, it is probably like my favorite Ben Affleck movie. Because I think it's a different role for him. His career has kind of gone up and down, back and forth in these different directions. And, you know, he's come out of it pretty well. Different kinds of projects that he's done. Uh, Argo, I think, really kind of uh, shaped him up. Uh, where people started taking him seriously. I don't know why people got to say things like that, but every once in a while an actor will come along they'll do something and Hollywood or fans or whatever will turn their back on people. But Ben Affleck has done things over the years to redeem himself from whatever he got into of that. During Surviving Christmas years, it was this odd movie that people didn't get into for whatever reason. But I like it. I really do. I think it's fun to watch. Catherine O'Hara, part of our traditions. I would recommend watching Surviving Christmas. It's a, If you want to watch an original movie that has this odd humor it, it just it, it it's fun it is fun to watch. It's different roles. I like to see actors in different roles, and James Gandolfini in a comedy, Ben Affleck in a comedy. You know he's not known for even if he could be funny in real life, or once in a while in an interview, a lot of these actors that are heavily into dramatic roles, they you know they don't do a lot of comedies, and ironically they want to. They wish they could get into comedy more so it's an interesting cast choice um but it works it really works and i, I just think it's it's fun to watch next one up is the one that i included the scene from uh four christmases again another original story i might um redo some of my uh, top christmas lists and put one of these movies on that list because I'm now reevaluating. I've been I've been reevaluating my list every day because I'm not happy with the ranking because there's so much stuff and I don't want to leave anything out that we watch. And I also don't want to feel like I'm overshadowing one movie than the other. But there are a few of these movies that should be in my top list as far as original stories go. Four Christmases is, you know, dark. It has this dark element to it that they are divorced families. And they have to go to each family and celebrate Christmas differently. And I just think when you have Christmas movies that rely on the dark of Christmas Carol, and you know visiting Christmas past, present, and future, you automatically know that those movies set you up in three acts. And I think that Four Christmases is written out like a formula. And it's a pretty original formula of meeting all these cast of characters. And there's a lot of people in this. There's Tim McGraw, Robert Duvall... John Favreau, Reese Witherspoon, of course, and Vince Vaughn. And then you get, and then then later in the movie comes Sissy Spacek. I mean, it just goes on, and then John Voight at the end. It's a different role for him. You kind of look at these actors differently, that they got wedged into this this comedy world, playing against 
these big comedy players. And I remember at the time that Reese Witherspoon had said that she kind of had a hard time keeping up with Vince Vaughn because he, you know, improvises so much. And I, I can kind of get that vibe a little bit, but I can also kind of think that some some, thing, some things you could easily overlook that the chemistry still kind of works because the way the movie opens, the movie opens in a non-traditional Christmas way, uh, but it is still fun and it does set you up for what they want you to do. I mean, you're introduced to this couple right from the start that are going to go around celebrating all these Christmases. So, it, in a way, you, you know, you feel like you're celebrating Christmas with them. Dwight Yoakam. Gosh, so many people in this. And Mary Steenburgen. We just saw this uh, last week. It was so fun. And it, it's just, I think everybody should watch movies like Four Christmases, Fred Claus, and Surviving Christmas. These are just original movies. You know? They don't have, none of them have uh, Santa Claus part of their plot. None of them have this, um, well, Fred Claus, definitely. But the other two are like these, these, non-traditional movies that put you into this setting and you're not used to seeing you know divorced families talked about a lot in these Christmas movies which you know makes up for awkward situations ironically or coincidentally in Surviving Christmas it kind of goes in that direction but the theme of it is to come out of it just like any Christmas movie start out bad start off depressed start off down, and then go towards somewhere positive. And I think that's where Surviving Christmas takes you. Uh, Fred Claus takes you in a place that is this dark thing that, that Vince Vaughn as Fred Claus. So Vince Vaughn's part of our traditions a lot. You know, he's in there twice. And we also have somebody else that's going to make the list quite a few times here is Peter Billingsley, who is known as the little boy in A Christmas Story. He also pops up in Elf, and he also pops up uh, at the airport in Four Christmases. So Peter Billingsley is part of our Christmas traditions three times every year. So check out Four Christmases. It's fun. It's interesting to see all these different kind of characters come together. It's Robert Duvall playing in the comedy. I mean, whoever cast this together. I remember seeing an interview with Tim McCall, and he actually had a subtle reference the movie because they were like complimenting on him on how he looked and how good he looked he lost a lot of weight and stuff and he said that as he lost in weight he, he wanted to get start getting healthier because his daughter pointed out when she saw him in a christmas movie that dad you don't look very healthy and that's the christmas movie he, that she was referring to was four christmases so i wish he had said the name of it but i don't Sometimes when these movies get through, you don't know, because they didn't do very well at the box office, you don't know how well they're received with the people who made it. I would love to meet the people from Four Christmases to talk about it and ask them if they really enjoyed doing it. Because a lot of stuff looks seamless and it looks fun. And you got John Favreau teaming up with Vince Vaughn, which is another John Favreau thing because we also watch Elf. So we watch things in a way that we start seeing the same people over and over again. It, in a weird way, it, it kind of makes it like they're part of our family, too. Um, but yeah, so check out Four Christmases. It's it's fun. And it's a different role for Reese Witherspoon that people not be uh, used to. Because I think a dramatic actress like that can play into that world.
So, uh, last movie on my classic rewatchable list that I wish I could include on my top Christmas movie because it, you know, it. I, I gotta do some reevaluating. I, I gotta do some things, make some changes. But the last one is Santa Claus the movie, which we watch every year. It's David Huddleston as Santa Claus. But this this movie, Santa Claus the movie, is something we watch every year. Another list I'm putting together next week is the top Santa Clauses. And two of my top three Santa Clauses have passed away, unfortunately. And David Huddleston as Santa Claus is this really great movie. It's got John Lithgow and Dudley Moore. And it automatically just, it, it's a, a classic retelling of Santa Claus. They go all in on Santa Claus in this movie. They make it in a way, they, it's kind of like Santa Claus is coming to town a little bit. Where they want to tell a story of, why does, oh, this is why Santa does this. This is why Santa makes lists. Where did he get the idea for the suit? And those kind of things happen in Santa Claus the movie. Uh, the elves in the, in the uh, toy shop, they make these toys, but they don't have any, they don't have anybody to deliver them. So they rely on this guy that is, they, they find in the um, snow alongside his wife, and they're going to ask, they're going to make him do it, basically. They're going to make him the new Santa Claus. But, you know, it's not what they called then, but he, he eventually becomes Santa Claus, and he is able to do, that's an, that's an odd fact about Santa Claus, that the he delivers all the gifts in one night. It's kind of this overlooked thing. Yeah, you just think about it. Yeah, he just delivers it from house to house, and time moves with him. So it's taking the magic, and it's making it kind of logical. Um, and one of my favorite characters that pops up in it is Burgess Meredith, as the as the time. I don't know what his character is. Father Time. He comes in, and he grants the magic and the power to this guy who's going to deliver these toys to the kids. Meanwhile, you have this other plot that is John Lithgow owning this toy company that is making bad toys. These toys are hurting the kids. Then you have Dudley Moore as an elf who is this disgruntled elf. He's not getting attention from the new guy in town. You know, new guy comes in as Santa Claus and already Dudley Moore feels pushed out. So he somehow shows up on Earth, and he kind of abandons the North Pole, and he meets John Lithgow, and immediately gets this idea that he can take his magic that he does up there with the elves, and he's going to make these candy canes that make people fly. And John Lithgow is the guy who owns the company, and he's now going to make money on this. That's all he cares about, is making money and marketing this. So there's probably many messages in it that you have different kinds of elements of Christmas movies. You have Santa Claus' story, the realistic story of Santa Claus. And then you have this toy company that, you know, toy companies come out every year with a new toy. And it's this marketing scheme to get parents to flock to buy this new toy. So it's kind of like a little bit of that. There's nice product placement by McDonald's. And Coca-Cola, it could have been a little more obvious, but I remember that years later, a special deal, you could go through and you could um, buy videotapes at McDonald's. You could buy Dances with Wolves, you can buy um, Field of Dreams, I think, 
and Santa Claus the movie. These were tie-ins that you could specifically buy at McDonald's, I think. It was really weird that you could buy a videotape at McDonald's. But that was what, you know, that, what they used to... See how that goes? The full circle of marketing things. The movie's about marketing. And then it turned into this McDonald's thing. So it was like, kind of like a full circle thing. But it's, it's fun to watch David Huddleston play Santa Claus. He's also known for The Big Lebowski. But I know him more as Santa Claus. And and Dudley Moore as the elf. There's a featurette on the DVD. And again, they choose to do a featurette in character. The whole featurette is kind of a mixture of it, actually. You go back and forth with, they know that Santa Claus is real. But it's more about making a movie with Santa Claus. So they only refer to David Huddleston as Santa and Dudley Moore. It's an original featurette. It's really cool because they filmed it at the time. You know, you'd like seeing old classic things like this. But that's Santa Claus the movie. And we used to watch this on videotape. I think that's where we got it with McDonald's. When we got it years ago. And since then I got the... I forget what year it was, but I got the 25th anniversary of it. Which includes all these featurettes. And it's just... It's fun, it's fun to watch every year. It's like the ultimate Santa Claus movie, aside from another Santa Claus movie that we watch more so over the years, and that has different reasons why we watch it. And actually, you know, it's hard to say what what movies mean more to us. Uh, Santa Claus, we've seen Santa Claus the movie with David Huddleston, we have seen a lot, but this other Santa Claus movie we've probably seen more. I don't know, it's hard to track because we watch these movies every year. It's been our tradition for, a lot of these movies have been over 15, 20 years. Let's see, I think Fed Claus was 2008, so we at least been watching Fed Claus for over 10 years. So that, that, that puts it, you know, we, we watch the specials, we watch Rudolph, we watch Santa Claus's Comet Town to get us into this mood of Christmas every year. There's also the Doctor Who specials, you know, maybe next year I'll have a category where I talk about the Doctor Who's because there is one that I recently rewatched that I basically re-enjoyed, you know. The first time round was a different experience, and then watching it again, I got to appreciate it more. And because since then, Doctor Who has gone through so many changes. Um, but there are, you know, a lot, a lot of Doctor Who Christmas specials. That's what they're known for. Doctor Who is known for Christmas specials for some reason. I don't know how that became a thing. Because uh, a lot of times, I think when he would regenerate, would be Christmas. Kind of like a rebirth but now they've kind of gone in another direction where they're starting to do new year's specials so who's to say what's going to happen in the future of doctor who but i didn't i didn't have any category or any show to talk about the doctor who's um i kind of wish and i, I could have talked about some but you know because there is one we watch every year with david morrissey and david Tennant called the next doctor if anyone wants to check that out but you know i just wanted to go over the classic rewatchables we watch every year, because I think these movies are worth re-watching. Especially if you watch The Riding Christmas, and then you see it again, and you see it again, you know why these movies are meant to be seen over and over again. Some movies are meant to do that. Some can easily be done that. Your long movies are probably hard to watch over and over again, even though The Dark Knight, which is not a Christmas movie, as long as it is, I can watch that movie over and over again, no problem. A lot of your other long ones out there may not be the case. 
but it, you know, it varies from movie to movie, obviously. But these Christmas ones, we only watch at Christmas time, you know. And sometimes when we watch our Christmas, um, when we're watching the regular sets of the TV shows when we watch them, we skip the Christmas ones because we know we're going to watch them at Christmas time. So, you know, these, these TV shows and movies that I've talked about mean so much to us. Movies mean so much to us and our family in general. It's just that at Christmas time, we, we really get to appreciate, you get to see the different kind of film styles that are out there also. And when I go talk about next, when my next list of my top Christmas movies, you'll find out more and more about how we watch movies and why you watch them. And then next week will be the top Santa Clauses. So we're going to have that show later in the week is the one of the top Christmas movies. That's Friday. Hopefully Friday. Next week is the top Santa Clauses. And then I'm going to take two weeks and then return in the new year. So yeah, I thank you for listening thus far. Subscribe if you already haven't. We are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Anchor.fm, and Spotify. So, thank you very much. If you don't hear from me, uh, if you you know choose to tune out in the next few weeks or whatever, uh, Merry Christmas. See you, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to the Some Other Useless Podcast with Richard Wigand. Jingle, jingle.